Welcome to Crossroads Connection. This is a show all about having conversations surrounding life, ministry, and culture. I want to say a quick thank you to our friends at the Truth Network for airing this program. And thank you for joining and listening today. I'm Tyler, and I'm joined by Jamie. Hey, How are you, Jamie? You are joined by Jamie. I'm good. <laughs> joined by Jamie. Joined by Jamie. Yes. Yeah, so it's good, to, ha- good to see you, Jamie. It's good to see you, too. And we've got Andy as we well. Do. Andy, say something to our listeners. What do you want to say? <laughs> I love you. <laughs> ELE. Everybody love everybody. Aww, ELE. It's the best rule a, of all. It is. I best rule of all. It. No, yeah. Tyler, we are so grateful to be here. And thank you to you as well for being here. I love and this. I, yeah, I love this time. Here, you know, I enjoy it. <laughs> enjoy the time to hopefully put a little smile on people's faces on this Saturday. Absolutely. And hopefully to inspire them as well. Mm. Right. And uh, you know, just have a good time along the way. And it's fall. I love it is. fall. Fall. Well, kind of, oh, pretty much fall. <sighs> Oh, in, it's, it's North Carolina, fall. North Carolina, which feels a lot like summer. It is fully fall. <laughs> Does anybody feel like you kind of hold your breath at fall? Like as if it's fall today, mm. maybe not tomorrow. Tomorrow could be like a hundred degrees. Yeah. It's true. I, I know what you, you know. mean, but once we hit like August 31st in Jamie's world, it is fall. Like even, even if it really? doesn't feel like fall. Because well, the first week of this. September here uh, was like still 95 degrees. Yeah, I it was think. brutal. But don't you remember last year in the very, very warmest days of September, I was dressed like fall. That is true. <laughs> I, I so for the listeners who cannot <laughs> who cannot view what we're wearing right now, last year, uh-huh. <laughs> it's really funny. Jamie so much loves fall that it was like, it was probably in the 90s. Probably. She, she had Ugg boots on. <laughs> She had jeans, a sweater, a, sweater and like a, a, vest. a vest, yeah, a and vest. Some scarf, maybe. Everybody's wearing like I'm wearing like right now. I'm wearing like shorts and a, like know. a short sleeve shirt. And we're like, what are you doing? She's like, it's fall. <laughs> like, I'm sweating, I'm but like, it's yeah. fall. But it's like, fall. Not really. Oh, not really. I yet. have to soak up every moment. It's a season that passes too quickly for me, so I have to soak up. Every second. So are you always waiting for the release of pumpkin spice lattes? Yes, I know that's like a I, thing. And here's what's funny. Here's what's funny. I don't actually like to taste that. I don't like the taste of it. I wouldn't even order one, but I want to see it on the menu because that means <laughs> <Wow>. it's fall. <laughs> You're like, I'm not going to drink it. No. I don't want it mm-hmm. near me, but I want to see it on the menu. But yeah. when I see it pop up. And it was on the menu time. in August this year. Which was perfectly fine by me. I don't know. I still, <laughs> I've never, so disclaimer, which we're actually going to do something about this this next week. I know. I've never had a pumpkin spice latte. Have you, Tyler? I think I have, but just once. I'm, I don't I don't really like them, so but I think oh, I've had okay. it before. What about See, if me you, too. You, you've no, never had it no, either? No, because I've never Oh, this even is perfect. Then all it. three of us will have one yeah. together next week. Yeah. Okay. When we do uh, maybe, Beyond the Pulpit. Who knows? Maybe I do like it. <laughs> uh, are you do you like well, pumpkin in general? No. Uh, the color, the smell, the look. Do you yes. you don't like pumpkin pie? No. What about you? I like, like, pumpkin, I like pie? pumpkin pie. Yeah. Pumpkin pie. You want to try that again? <laughs> I like pumpkin pie. You, you were a little excited. I was. That's what your brain. That's what your brain was doing. You know, you say pie on the outside. On the outside, you say you say pie, and Tyler was gone. We've now lost Tyler for the rest of the time today. He's now just thinking about pie. But Tyler, I almost called you Piler. Oh my goodness! You had an acronym. Yes, it's my own. Oh, so yeah. I've never heard this PSL, before. PSL, you know, usually PSL. pumpkin spice yeah. latte. It's what some people live yeah. for when fall yeah. comes. Me, it's my own PSL. Pie, sports, 
and lattes. So I, so I do you, like a good latte. But you made that me. up. So pies. pies I believe I did. It could pies. be I subconsciously saw it someplace else, but that's that's the acronym yeah. I've been running with. Nice. Mm-hmm. So like the favorite thing for you about fall is PSL. Pie, yeah. <laughs> sports, and lattes. Oh, yeah. I like it. What about you, Jamie? What's, the, what's your favorite outside of Ugg boots and sweaters there's and so vests while it's 90 degrees it's, out? It's really hard to choose because there's so many. I mean, for one thing, my birthday. I'm a fall birthday person, so my birthday. Mm-hmm. Too, you are well, too? It depends. I'm October. September 1st, so sometimes yeah. okay. it falls on Labor Day, which for me, after Labor Day weekend is like... Officially. Labor Day weekend is fall. Oh, yeah. I have a question oh. about something that okay. you guys might know. When when can you when should you not wear white anymore? Isn't What's the it? date? Isn't there a date? I, I don't. I heard it was is after it Labor Day. After, after Labor, Labor Day. Day. Yeah. After Labor Day. Does that I, include like yeah. all white shoes? Because if so, then I have to go shopping. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm, I honestly don't play by that rule. I, I thought it was just white pants. White, white because pants. here's the thing: I love to wear white jeans, but that's when you want to wear them is after Labor Day when it starts to cool back down. You're not mm. going to wear them in the summer. Well, yeah, you're fine. Whatever you want to do. I'm fine. So what is it about fall that you like <laughs> outside of everything? Okay. <laughs> Sorry for that little uh, interruption. Uh, <laughs> people driving right there are like, wait a second. Who cares that they're wearing <laughs> No, people care pants. about this. This is important oh, okay. stuff. My favorite things about fall are usually not this year, um, the state fair. Oh, yeah. My birthday, turning on the fireplace, making chili and cornbread, mm-hmm. wearing sweaters. Wow. That was that was a I list. That wasn't like yeah. a favorite thing. But I told you there's <laughs> is too fall many your favorite? To like it's one hundred percent my is favorite. Is fall your favorite? Or do you like do you like spring, summer, winter? I think I love winter. I do think you? winter, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So when now, when, when that, do you consider winter started and fall end? Is that like Thanksgiving or I don't know. December? Here, here it's hard to tell. Yeah, it I is. Know, it is it's hard to tell. It's hard it's to like tell. Late I do. I, I love the true yeah. cold weather. So I I, I think you? winter. Now yeah. is that and because you're, you're from Texas and well, you're not used to that and you kind of enjoy it's it? It's true. I've, I've I never lived up north, so I've never experienced like a New yeah. England winter, so I'm which complete, I'm sure would change things. I'm complete opposite. But your wife goes nuts for snow am i she right she does yes i think that's yeah. i know that about megan like mm-hmm. we both love cold weather day. megan yeah. actually makes yeah. me physically angry when i see her tweets <laughs> yeah, she during the winter on, time yeah, yeah she, because she's always like there's a snowstorm <gasps> five thousand miles away yeah it's, please come here i'm like no i, I can do not because she's definitely one of those people that loves to like she see a button. little a little snow somewhere up north like oh yeah she'll see the snow icon on your phone like two weeks from now i'm like you know that's gonna change but I oh, always, yeah, every screen grabs them. Always picture Megan like at the window, like staring out the window like a little Aww. child, like waiting for that first snowflake to drop. That's accurate. Is yep. it? I knew it. <laughs> and I knew she's it. from here, right? She is, yeah. yeah. And you're from California. I so am. I had one snowfall my entire child. And now granted I lived, um, we we would drive to Lake Tahoe. So we could do snow. Right. We could do snow. But I never where I grew up, I never had a snow day missing school, anything, mm. because we only ever had snow once, and it yeah. melted. So being from Niagara Falls, I could care less if I ever see snow ever again. No, you got your fill. All my yeah. Now here's the thing, though. Around here, when I first moved here 15 years ago, every time there was a threat of snow, I used to laugh at everybody because they would cancel stuff, mm-hmm. and they still do. Mm-hmm. Then I learned to just embrace it. For I'm sure. like, oh wait, you're gonna give me a day off because it might snow tomorrow. All right, all right. Sure. I know. I don't have to get up at 6 a.m. Right. to get the kids ready for school. Right. Okay. Right. So I did see that kids now are so bummed because they realize that now you can do virtual Snow school. Days Snow days are gone. Oh. Yeah. Yep. It's like you don't get a day oh. off. You just do it on, you know, yep. Google I'm, Meet or Zoom now or yep. something. Yeah, that's very true. 
that is a thing. My kids are homeschooling now and they asked me, will we still have snow days? And I was like, we most certainly will still have <laughs> snow, snow days because when you're homeschooling, I'm in charge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do, however, like when snow falls. So I, yeah. I do like seeing it fall. I just don't want it to be on the ground at all. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to see it fall. But anyway, so yeah, so it's fall. Uh, yep. We're enjoying it. We, like every other church uh, in this area, are figuring out what's next, and we have been back in the building for Sunday morning for a couple weeks now, mm-hmm. and it's been good. I yeah. think it's, we're probably like everybody else, we're running probably 25, 30% right. back in the building, which we expected, but it is good to see people here, and we are still aiming towards transformation. You know, I heard a statement the other day that I want to lead with before we go into uh, a little bit more serious what we're going to talk about this morning about four reminders to guide us through life. Uh, I was listening to a podcast and the the speaker, or the, the guest on the podcast said that their goal was not to build a church, but to reach a city. And mm. I, I that's been sticking with me for yeah. a while now. And I, I love that that's, I, I believe that is the heartbeat of our church. And it should be the heartbeat of every church, quite honestly. If our only goal is to build inside the walls of the church, then we're going to lose the city, and we can't lose the city. And the hope for the city is not just a church. It's a church that's mobilized. And in that frame of mind, as we're walking towards transformation, we recently have been talking through the book of Ezekiel. We're into the major prophets. We're going to be entering the minor prophets in this year of transformation. And um, a few weeks ago, we preached a message on four reminders that God is through life to remind us that it's not just about building our little kingdoms, uh, whether it's a church or your own business or wherever you are, but it's to expand to more than that. So if I can, for just a few minutes, I want to dive into that a little bit. I want to talk quickly about the four reminders, and I think we're going to listen to yeah. uh, part of that sermon as well. But Ezekiel chapter 11, the first thing about Ezekiel, though, just to give a little frame of mind, Ezekiel was in the first captivity group that came and went. So the Babylonians came in, invaded Judah, uh, you know, really took captives, and Ezekiel was in that first group to leave. So the book of Ezekiel is a really fascinating book of visions and prophecies that Ezekiel received from the Lord while in captivity. And honestly, his message is really a message of hope for the people because it's a reminder that what God's trying to do to them, uh, where he's trying to bring them. And as I was reading through Ezekiel 11, it felt like there were four reminders for us today that I want to just talk about briefly. So I want to read just a few verses in Ezekiel as we're here together. Uh, so Ezekiel 11, starting verse 14, it says this, it says that, and the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel, son of man, your brothers, even your brothers, your kinsmen, the whole house of Israel, all of them are those of whom the inhabitants of Jerusalem have said, go far from the Lord to us, this land is given for possession. Therefore say, thus says the Lord God, though I remove them far off among the nations, and though I scatter them among the countries, yet I have been a sanctuary to them for a while in the countries where they have gone. So first reminder here real quickly, the first reminder that I love is what God's saying here is he's reminding them that even though you're scattered, and let's face it, the story of redemption is woven through Scripture, but the reason why we need redemption is because people keep sinning. Including, including us to this day. And so you have this people group that God has identified and has given them promised land and given them promises, and yet they keep falling away from his commandments, they keep falling away from his statutes, so then there's judgment. And this judgment in this case is in the form of the Babylonians coming to basically take them out of their city. So God still, in his mercy and his redemption, is saying to the people, even though I've scattered you, even though you're around the different countries, I still have something for you. I still want to bring you back. And I, 
have been a sanctuary. That's a key statement because what God did, which is very fascinating, if you read Ezekiel, so God's presence in the Old Testament resides and rests in the temple, right? In the Holy of Holies at the mm-hmm. Ark of the Covenant, right? So what Ezekiel, though, is seeing is God's presence has left there and has actually gone to be with the people in exile, which is very fascinating. Now, the backstory is because the people, the remnant who are back in Israel are, you know, they're building false idols and and worshiping other gods. So God is basically moving his presence from them to the people here. And he's saying that even when you're not in your home, I'm still sanctuary. So here's the reminder for us. The reminder is this, is that this earth is not our home. That's just a reminder. I, I find great comfort in that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about you. Too. Maybe it's because it's an election season. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe because right there's now. a global pandemic going on. Maybe right. because our church literally caught on fire this last year. <laughs> there is more of a longing in me to say, come Lord Jesus, come. Yeah. And this is not our home, but it is a reminder right. because right. if I get too focused on here and now, then yeah. my perspective is not on God and not yeah. on above. So that's one reminder. So let me keep reading in verse 17. Therefore say, thus said the Lord God, I will gather you. I'm going to bring you back uh, from the peoples and assemble you out of the countries where you've been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel. And when they come there, they will remove from it detestable things and all its abominations. So real quickly, verse 17 is a second reminder, is that God's promises are true. So again, God is reminding them, all the things that I promised you, all those things are going to come true, if you will follow me, right? So what did God promise them? He promised them to possess the land. He promised to be with them. He promised them the land of their fathers. He's promised them hope and all these things. And he's saying, I'm going to gather you all together. I'm going to bring you back. And he's reminding them, I'm going to give you back that land of Israel. So good promise for us, or the good reminder for us is that God's promises are true. Mm-hmm. Well, again, very, very comforting <laughs> to know yep. that when God says that he's going to be with us and never forsake us, that's true. When he says that he'll heal us, that he'll deliver us, that he'll provide for us, all that is true. So I hope that that encourages somebody listening today that hang on to those promises because they are true. Then uh, reminder number three is on our part, which is to remove the detestable things and abominations. So what we just read, it says that when they come back to Israel, they will remove all detestable things and abominations because currently in this time, the people, the remnant back, are doing detestable things and building and worshiping idols and abominations. So what God is saying is, I'm going to give you all these promises, but you got to take care of the sin. Mm. You got you got to stop sinning. You know, God will forgive and God will remove the sin, but you got to actually have some skin in the game too. And I think a reminder for us is, hey, you can't have one foot in God's world and one foot in the world world, right? You got to choose. The word holiness is the word that we talked about. So holiness means to be set apart. So God's saying, you got to be set apart. You can't have it both ways. Mm. And unfortunately, there's too many people trying to have it both ways. They're trying to have their God fixed, and then they're trying to still be part of the world. And God's saying, you got, you can't have that. There's a call to holiness. So then we keep reading the fourth and final reminder. And then, like I said, we're going to listen to part of the sermon as well. He says in verse 19, I will give them one heart and a new spirit, and I will put that within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh, that they may walk in my statutes, keep my rules, and obey them. So the promise here, the reminder, is that we are to be one. And I talk a lot about that in the sermon. I'm not going to take time to explain it now, because we're going to listen to it here in just a few minutes. Yeah, awesome. That is so exciting. Like After that summary, I can't wait to jump into this and hear this sermon. So let's hear a quick word from our sponsor, and then let's go ahead and hear the message from... This recent sermon, Four Reminders to Guide You Through Life. Perhaps you've asked yourself this question. Are you running the business or is the business running you? 
How might your teams grow if your teams were driving the business forward instead of you? You are sitting on a wealth of untapped opportunity. It takes courage to learn how to create a culture where your people are truly empowered to own their seats. My name is Cheryl Scanlon, business and executive coach. Working together, we'll go straight to your core challenges to sort through competing demands and realign to your highest priorities for measurable results. Visit C3Advantage.net. That's C3Advantage.net. I love that verse as we start to look into this passage here, four reminders to guide you, truly guide you in life. And the first one, this, the first one I think is a reminder that we see right here in the beginning of Ezekiel 11 in this first part where he says it this way, this is not your home. God is reminding people through the prophet of Ezekiel, he's reminding people, this is not your home. You've been scattered to a foreign land and one day I'm going to assemble you back that this is not, this is not where you're supposed to be. This is not the plan I had for you. And I think that God's speaking that to some people right now, that this is, this is not the plan. And maybe in your life, maybe you need to hear this today. Maybe you need to hear that this is not where God wanted you to end up. This is not the plan that God originally had for you. And so what God is saying to the Israelites, he's saying, you, you've moved far away from me. You've been scattered. And, and because of your sin, that happened. Because of what happened in your life, that's what's going on. But it's a reminder. As I read it, it was a reminder to me. Just a reminder that this world that I live on right now is not my home. Where I live in Wake Forest, where our church is in the Triangle, this is not my eternal home. That there's something in some place greater than right now. And I think sometimes we need that reminder because we get pulled so much into the right here and right now that we forget that, oh yeah, you know what? Jesus, you're preparing a place for me. You're making me a home that, that is not here. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 14, it says, For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. This is not our lasting place. You and I, listen, church, you and I, we were made for eternity. We were made, our soul is made for eternity. In Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says that God has placed eternity in the hearts of every person. Just let that sink in for a minute. So if God has already placed eternity in my heart and I'm just here for just a fraction of that on this earth, why do I care so much about what I'm doing right now, right here? Why am I allowing the things around me to affect me so much that oftentimes I lose perspective on what God's trying to do? In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says this way. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, and it's a reminder to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And listen to verse two, key verse. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's a reminder. It's a reminder. Don't be, don't be conformed so much to the riches and the things of this world. Instead, let God remind you let God renew your mind that this is not your eternal home. Ezekiel, even in the middle of the, the capture, even in the middle of the captivity, he was reminding the Israelites that even though you're scattered, that God's going to bring you back. And I'm just here to tell you that this right now, this is temporary. Everything that we're doing, one day the pain is gone. One day the tears are wiped away. One day we are standing in eternity because we were meant and built for eternity. So just remember, remember, this is not your home. The second reminder that I found in Ezekiel that I absolutely loved 
is this one. I hope this encourages you so much. And that is the reminder that God's promises are true. That every promise that God has made in his word, that every promise that God has spoken, all of it is true. And God said this through Ezekiel. He said, I will give you the land of Israel. Guess what God was doing? It's a reference back to Genesis chapter 12. That as he's speaking to Abraham, that your descendants, that your descendants will be as many as the sand on the seashore, that, that, that there is a land that is a promised land that I'm sending you to, that that promise, that promise is still there. That promise is true. God never wavered away from that promise. In fact, he wants that. He wants that for his people. He wants that promise so much for God's people that I would want to remind you that, that this Bible that we have here in our hand, that this Bible that is filled with promises that are for you. It's not for somebody else. It's not just for somebody else. It's not just written a long time ago. It is for you. In 2 Corinthians 1.20, it says, For all the promises of God find their yes in him. That means that they're true. Yes and amen, that God speaks it, that God will do it. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11, it says this way. It says, the, This saying is trustworthy. For if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign. If we deny him, he will also deny us. And now watch this, though, verse 13. I love this. It says, but if we are faithless, he remains faithful. What a good promise. Do you see those other verses? If we live, he lives. If we die, he dies with us. This is different, though, that even if I am faithless, God is still faithful. And here's why. Because he cannot deny himself. He cannot go back on his own word. And so I want to give you just a, a few promises that hopefully today as you're watching this, here's a few promises I hope will get into your system. Here's a few promises from God. Ready? You can jot these down. Just listen to them real quickly. He promises that he will be with you. He promises that he will protect you. He promises that he will be your strength. God promises that he will answer you. He promises that he will provide for you, that he will give you peace. And he promises that he will always love you with a love that is steadfast. Those are just a few of the promises in Scripture. What would happen if we just actually believe even just those promises I just said? What happens in your life and in my life if we just believe that God is going to be with me, that no matter where I go, that God is with me? What happens if we start believing that, that wherever I am, that God's going to protect me, that God's going to provide for me, that God's going to bring me peace, and no matter what happens in my life, that God's love will never, never leave me? Church, what a great reminder that is. The third reminder, and this one I think is a little bit more, uh, it's a serious one. The third reminder in Ezekiel was to remove the detestable things and the abominations that God was saying. He said, listen, I'm going I'm to bring you back together. I'm going to gather you together. I've got promises that I promised you that I want to see fulfilled. But here's your part. Here's your part. You got to get rid of the sin. You got to get rid of the detestable things. You got to get rid of the, the abominations in your life. You got to get rid of those things. Romans 12, 9, I love what Romans 12, 9 says. It says, let love be genuine. I love this next one. It says to abhor what is evil and hold fast to what is good. Reject what is evil and cling to what is good. And again, what would happen in our life if we just simply operated that way where we would just Say, you know what? I'm going to push away sin and I'm going to cling to what is good. And guess what is good? It is not necessarily a what. It is a person. It is Jesus. I'm going to push away sin and I'm going to cling to who Jesus is because the goal, the goal of my life has got to be holiness. And holiness by definition means this. It means that I am set apart. 
And that's what this, this is what that means. Listen, you can't have one foot in church and one foot in the world. You can't have one foot in sin and one foot in holiness. It doesn't work that way. God wants all of you. And so I just want to encourage you, stop playing the game. Stop playing, I'm a Christian on Sunday, or I'm a Christian when I'm around Christian people, and I'm just like the world when I'm around the world. Because remember, we're not meant and made for this world. That we have a soul and a spirit inside of us that is so longing just to cling to what is good. And the fourth and final reminder is this. The big reminder, I think, in Ezekiel, as we read it, is oneness. It's oneness of heart and it's oneness of spirit. Do you remember as we were reading that passage, it says that God will make you one and God will give you a new heart. And that is still true for us today. In fact, in Philippians, in Philippians chapter 2, he says, if there's any encouragement, if there's any comfort, if there's any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, he says this, complete my joy. Let my joy be complete by being in the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord of one mind. There is a constant reminder through scripture that you and I are supposed to be one. We're supposed to be one, united in who Christ is. If I was honest with you, I would say that this has been the most discouraging thing I've seen in this last year. The most discouraging thing I've seen this last year has been Christians not in unity, not being one. You and I were called to be one. Our church is called to be unified in spirit. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to agree on everything. It doesn't mean we all have to look the same way, vote the same way, treat each other, you know, whatever we're going to do in all the same ways. But what it does mean, what it does mean is that you and I have got to be unified in the love of Christ. We are not unified politically. We're not unified in the colleges we went to, the degrees we have. We're not unified in our incomes. We're not unified in the color of our skin. But we are unified in Jesus. And right now, unfortunately, what I'm seeing right now is so much disunity around things that we're not supposed to necessarily focus our unity in. Thank you for joining and listening and to our program today. And thank you to Crossroads Fellowship and the Truth Network for making this show possible. You can find out more information about Crossroads Fellowship at crossroads.org. If this show has impacted you, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at info at crossroads.org. Thank you to C3 Advantage for sponsoring this program. We look forward to having you join us on the next show. Your success as a leader hinges upon buy-in from your teams, clear and consistent communication from you, and strategic delegation. My name's Cheryl Scanlon. C3 Advantage helps you steward your most valuable resource well, improve retention, grow employee engagement, and generate higher team and individual ownership. The success of your organization begins with you and depends on your team. Go deeper as a leader and watch your organization go further. Visit c3advantage.net at c3advantage.net.